Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Eagles fans, this is Mike K from NJ Advanced Media, and welcome to the No Huddle Show podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Philadelphia Eagles. You can read our content on nj.com slash eagles, bookmark that, and you can subscribe to our exclusive Eagles Insider Tech Service, where we'll break news, give you insider observations, and provide in-depth analysis. Through Eagles Extra, you can send questions and comments directly to us, and we'll respond to your phone. With me today, as always, is my fellow Eagles beat reporter, Chris Franklin. Today, we're going to discuss the Eagles' blowout loss to the Patriots, Devontae Smith's debut, and the standouts and stragglers from the second preseason matchup. Chris, I know we haven't gotten a lot of sleep. How you doing? Not too bad, man. Surprisingly, I was able to bounce back. I'm, I'm, I'm active for today's podcast. Uh, how you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm not... You know, writing about how the Eagles should trade for Nick Foles. So I, I feel oh. pretty good about where I'm at right now. Uh, you know me, it wouldn't be a podcast if I wasn't subtly taking a, a jab at, at one of our colleagues. In a funny <laughs> way, I'm not mean. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> what could you mean? Yeah. What, what? <laughs> oh, come on, that's ridiculous. I don't even think he really wants to come here based on reports. So anyway, let's move on. Um, so let's get into Jalen Hurts uh, right off the bat. Uh, we saw Jalen Hurts working out uh, on the field prior to the game. Uh, he looked fine. Then all of a sudden, uh, after kickoff, we see that Joe Flacco is is – lining up with the first team offense uh everybody's phones blow up the eagles say that jalen hurts is dealing with a non-covid illness uh it turns out he had a stomach bug went to the hospital uh they checked him for several different symptoms uh he's doing okay but obviously he didn't play in this preseason game i know a lot of fans were frustrated because they paid to attend this game it, it was just like a freak accident and for, for frankly Hurts was only going to play one to two series anyway. So uh, Flacco gets pushed in there. What did you take away from Flacco's performance? It's very concerning to me the way that Flacco played because given the whole entire circumstance with him having to come in on short notice, especially say if this happened to Hurts in the regular season, him coming in to play on short notice didn't impress me. I know he was playing. It was the second and third teams going against the Patriots once, but you expected him to make some better throws and some better reads. And frankly, it is, is a little disappointing. I mean, there's a couple of times where he had Smith who was breaking open and it looks like he double clutched on some of those throws and 
hesitated, and I think that cost him Smith one catch, and then also uh, he could have had a first down or another one. So I thought that he still he did what he's done during training camp. He's tried to hit the running backs out the backfield, and he tried to hit some of those crossing routes or, or, or stick routes in the middle of the field, and he he stayed stuck with his mo. But I would have liked to see him try to push the ball a little bit down because when to me it just seems like whenever he's in the game now just bring the safeties up and, and play closer to the line of scrimmage, and then you just solved them. It was rough to see, man. What did well, you think of his performance? Well, uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that segues well into Devontae Smith. Uh, look, Devontae Smith w- came as advertised as a route runner. I thought his performance was underwhelming. Uh, you know, you expect him to be a good route runner. Uh, frankly, the first three passes that hit his hands fell to the ground. Uh, I'm not putting the full blame on him. Uh, as you said, he was a little late to Smith over the middle. Um, they clearly had a miscommunication uh, on the downfield shot. Um, but Flacco, Sirianni, and uh, uh, Smith all put the blame on Smith for not turning his head around after the game. Uh, it happens. You're a rookie. You're just getting used to the timing and everything. And then... Um, you know, he had that drop that was negated due to a penalty. Um, and then you saw him kind of, you know, once he got his footing, he, in the second quarter, he, he made a, a pair of catches that were impressive off of some really nice route running. Um, I thought he was fine, but it was an underwhelming debut. I mean, obviously you wanted to see more out of the first round pick two catches for 19 yards on four targets with two to three debatable drops is not necessarily, uh, the uh, intrigue that you want. But then again, he's been out of practice for roughly a week and a half, two weeks uh, with a knee injury. The good news is he didn't look like he was slowed down by the knee injury. His routes were crisp. Um, what'd you take away from his performance? I thought there was, there's there some good things that he did. I mean, I, especially for his being for as much time as he missed and for him trying to be reacclimated to game speed, I know he had to practice. He participated in a joint practice, but for him to actually be reacclimated to true game speed, I thought he did all right. I mean, he wasn't the only person that that saw he did well. I mean, Ocho Cinco saw him get off the line and get off those releases. So I'm not too concerned about the way he performed on Thursday, and I think he's going to go f- further from here on out and, and improve. It's just uh, he, the one thing I just want to see him do is a. Uh, I want to see how he bounces back and shakes off like having a, a bad performance and, and, and missing those catches he normally makes. That's the main thing I just want to see, especially going into next week against the Jets. So here's what I want to say. I don't want to sound like I'm being too critical of Devontae Smith, but I think if you're going to, you know, say a guy had a bad game because he allowed one sack, you can definitely clearly say that a rookie had an up and down game because he had two drops or a drop and a, and a poor play. Right. I mean, I think that's fair. Yeah, it is. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I mean, you know, if you're going to be critical, if you're going to say a guy had a great game because he had one sack because he produced one sack, I mean, you have to also kind of, uh, you know, for everybody who was hating on uh, Zach McPherson during that one drive where Cam Newton basically targeted him, like relentlessly, you've also got to acknowledge the fact that Devontae Smith dropped a couple of passes. If, you, if you're going to criticize Jalen Rager for that interception, which I thought was a really poor route. I also thought it was a poor decision by Flacco. 
you've got to criticize what's happening with catchable balls hitting hands. And so that's kind of where I'm at. I'm not, I'm not saying Devontae Smith is anything to worry about. He's definitely not. He did stuff that no other wide receiver has been able to consistently do over the past three years for the Eagles. He's gotten open. His routes are ridiculously technically sound. He's fantastic. But even Nick Sirianni said after the game, you know, he, he had a couple of drops. He, um, you know, had some miscues and then he found his footing. I mean, that happens. He's a rookie. That's not me being overly critical. That's me just acknowledging what's happening here. And I, I noticed reading some other people's reports, they just kind of blanketed on Devontae Smith having some boo-boos. It was basically all on Joe Flacco's accuracy or inaccuracy. And I just don't think that that's uh, fair. Um, although I do think Joe Flacco obviously struggled. Uh, look, this was a 35 nothing blowout. So let's kind of get into the defense, too. I thought, uh, you know, so the Eagles sat Josh Sweat, Derek Barnett, Fletcher Cox, Siobhan Hargrave, Brandon Graham, uh, and Darius Slay. The, pretty much the only regular starters, uh, especially in a nickel package, were uh, Anthony Harris, the safety, and then Eric Wilson and... Uh, Alex Singleton. So the defense was going to struggle because they were going up against the Patriots offense for the better part of a quarter and a half. So uh, their first team offense. So I'm not like that concerned. I thought the linebackers played very well. Uh, I think the linebackers have surpassed my expectations exponentially over the, over the summer. What's your takeaway from the defense? Well, I think you you took my point right there. Perfectly. I thought that was, it was very, Good to see the way they do. I mean, Alex Singleton was flowing to the ball. Same with TJ Edwards, and, and then even uh, Sean Bradley threw it a little bit in Eric Wilson. I, th- I liked what I saw from that linebacking core. And it remember how there used to not be an emphasis on that position, and now you start to see when you have when you let these guys flow and, and do their thing and, and do their thing and see what they could do. It it pays off. It pays dividends. I thought they are right. I thought the secondary struggled at times. Like you mentioned beforehand with Zach McPherson, Cam Newton, Cam Cam Newton made he he wanted to go ahead and go at McPherson a lot, and it showed on that end. And I thought Graylin Arnold played okay. Uh, Kayvon Wallace, eh, he, he could have, he did better. He did thought he did better in run support than he did in his pass coverage. So agreed. That was that, that was that was a little questionable. And I think uh, uh Jackson Teron Jackson he had I think he thought he had some issues when it. Came, he did all right. Oh, he was up and down, just like all these rookies were. I, I liked what I saw when it came to his pass rush at times, like some of the moves he's been using. You can see he's trying to vary it up. But when it came to setting the edge, when it came to his run his run defense, there were still some questions there. So I thought that was a, a pretty telling on that. And Patrick Johnson had another strong game too. I liked what I saw. Yeah, on I, I agree. So, look – this pot, there isn't a lot to glean from from this this preseason game, but there is a couple of guys that I really wanted to go out of my way to shout out. Uh, TJ Edwards, boy, did this dude have a game! I rewatched the game like an idiot at like two thirty in the morning. <laughs> this guy was everywhere, and look, Alex Singleton was everywhere. He was making tackles. He also missed some tackles, but he also played more than I think he thought he was going to get. But TJ Edwards. Uh, nearly had an interception. Uh, he had a play where he broke up a pass to uh, Stevenson, the running back, that was initially ruled a forced fumble, then overturned and ruled an incompletion. 
Uh, he made two really nice run stops within the 10 yard line in the red zone uh, in the second quarter. I just think he's having a really good camp. He's been all around the ball. He's not really known for his uh, work in the pass game, but he's had multiple pass. He's had at least a handful of pass breakups this summer and at least three interceptions. So, um, including one uh, uh, against the Patriots during during practices. I'm very impressed by him. Uh, I brought up on the previous podcast that I think Alex Singleton makes a lot of sense uh, as an auto in base packages. And then you use uh, Edwards in the two down situations, uh, middle linebacker, and then you move Wilson to Will, but Wilson will still have the, the green dot. I just think there's a lot to like about those three linebackers as a, as a trio. Um, I really don't see it with Jannard Avery. I think Patrick Johnson has looked good, but I don't know if I would start him right away as seventh round rookie. Um, what did you take away from TJ Edwards game? Is there a guy that you wanted to shout out before I get to my next guy? Well, I think Edwards, Edwards did had did a good job. And, and one thing I saw that I, I always had questions about when it came was his pass coverage and, he was able to get good depth and good drops into his zones and, and at least play serviceable. I mean, he didn't, the Eagles weren't running any exotic looks and want to save it for the regular season, but what, from what he did, I thought that I was all right. Now, when it comes to guys I want to shout out, I like what I saw out of Kenny Gainwell. I really thought that he yeah, ran he the ball well. He was decisive when he didn't dance around before running into the holes, and you need that, especially with the type of running run scheme that this team runs, especially with the zone, because you – you want to see a guy just goes, okay, he sees the one foot plant and he goes, and he especially did that. And he also caught all of his targets as well, too. I mean, this team will be using the running backs. That's not, that's no secret about it. This team will be using the running backs a lot in both the run and pass game. So the fact that he he's becoming a reliable option out the backfield, catching the ball, and he's running the ball well, he's like he's picking up this offense. He's not thinking things as much through. It was, that was a really good sign out of the rookie. Yeah, I agree. Another rookie draft pick that I want to shout out is holy, I, I got nothing. I, I holy rusted metal, Batman. Um, <laughs> oh wow, the Bat Batman was it the third Batman, wasn't it? Batman Forever. Uh, yes, yeah. Twenty <laughs> steps, like they're they're going to like the Riddler's lair, and yeah. like uh, uh, what's his name, Chris O'Donnell steps into like a thing and he's like, holy rusted metal Batman. Like obviously as a, as a throwback to the sixties. Uh, it's holy and it's uh, rusted. Yeah. yeah. You know, like metal with rusty holes in it. Um, uh, yeah. So I thought he was tremendous. Uh, the second or the first drive of the second quarter uh, he forced holding penalties on two separate right tackles. Uh, is really, really impressive. The dude has great bursts off the line. He can win inside. He can win outside. I think this dude's going to be legitimately a, a force this year. And using him in a rotation, uh, not showing kind of uh, too many looks at defensive end. Well, I mean, he played all defensive end uh, throughout this game, but you get the feeling that the Eagles don't want to show their hand and what they're going to do with him inside. I think he's going to be dangerous on stunts and games. I think, I think the future is really bright for him. You can totally see why Jonathan Gannon was stoked about this pick. Um, you know, I, I, I think when we look back on this draft, I mean, yes, as much as Devonte Smith and Landon Dickerson will be the ones that make it, I think Milton Williams could be a guy 
Um, you know, I'm not comparing him to Benny Logan, but a lot of people over, over kind of overlooked Benny Logan. He was a really good starter for four years. I think Milton Williams can surpass that uh, production, but be in that kind of same vein where he was a bit of a, an unusual pick uh, with an unusual body type and kind of took advantage of that, uh, both from Louisiana, by the way. Um, who's another guy you want to shout out? I know I want to stay away from one deep cut and go to one who was originally a deep cut, but now was pressed into more service last night. And that was Jack Stoll. I mean, after Jason Kroom suffered that knee injury, which according to Eden Rappaport now looks like it, it looks like it's going to be a season ender because after he was carted off the field with that or a non-contact injury, I thought he did all right. I thought uh, there were some catches he could he should have made to be frank, to be honest, but to be targeted four times to come away with four of them, I thought that that's what you need him to do. You just need him to keep the ball moving in positive yardage, and I was really paying attention to his blocking because given he he may be now given this situation and Rogers contract potentially being guaranteed if he's on his roster he may be thrown in there now on that first game you never know if the Eagles want to use him use him for that uh, first game before resigning Rogers so I thought he did our held his own for for blocking uh when he, especially when they used that uh three tight ends they, they used some three tight end sets I thought he did well on there and when he was one-on-one against, like, he sealed the defensive ends a couple times, and I liked what I saw there. So I thought Stoll held his own, especially given the situation he was put in. How about you? Uh, Anybody else you saw? Yeah, Brett Toth is a guy that uh, I'm really, really liking what I see. Like, I I have the game on right now uh, as we're talking. I'm watching it for a third time. He had a really nice block on that uh, Quez Watkins screen touchdown pass last week. This week, he really held his own. You know, he played a lot. Um, you know, th- there were times where Vinovich uh, gave, him, gave him some fits, but I, I thought for the most part, uh, he played very well. He's a guy that's impressed me and has a shot at that 10th offensive lineman spot. Um, I think Suo is making this roster. I know Nate Herbig had the rough uh, snap, but if, if Dickerson's not ready to come off NFI, I think Herbig is easily... Uh, your backup center, um, Matt Pryor's not good. Uh, and I think he is destined to be cut. Uh, another guy that I'm not too high on um, would be Michael Jaquette, who was absolutely just, I mean, I thought he had vertigo. He was, he was turned inside out uh, by JJ, uh, what's his last name? JJ, uh, Taylor, JJ Taylor, uh, who reminds me a lot of Darren Sproles. So, um, yeah, look, you brought up Jason Kroom, um, bummer for him, but I never thought he was going to make the roster. You know, what's interesting. And I want to talk to you about this before we wrap up. What's your thoughts on like the depth at wide receiver? We know Quez Watkins will be here. We know Jalen Regular will be here. We know that Obviously, Devontae Smith's going to be here. We thought that Travis Fulgham was going to be a lock, but he really just played with this with the depth team uh, during the second half last night. JJR single white side dropped uh, a slant catch, a uh, 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 catch off a slant route. Uh, John Hightower wasn't targeted. Um, Greg Ward barely played. What's going on here? Of those four guys. Who are the three you're keeping? Because Jamon Osmond had one snap last night. He's not making this team. Uh, Mark and Michelle is not going to make this team. Um, 
Andre Patton seems like more of a practice squad guy, but really it's those four guys battling for two or three spots. If you have to pick two, pick those first two, and then who would be your third uh, between the final two? I'm going with Ward and Fulgham still. That Those are my wide receivers, four and five, because I still think Ward still provides some value in the middle of the field. He's still a reliable catcher in the, in, in the slot, so I'll go that. Fulgham, you're just hoping that he gets act, he gets acclimated to the way that Sirianni runs routes and he becomes more consistent and Maybe you have to rely on him on a four-game stretch. Maybe that's Travis Fogelman. You have to rely on him on spurts in four games, which is not something you want, especially something on your roster, but maybe that's who he is. That last spot, I'm, beforehand I used to give to J.J. Arcega-Whiteside. Now I'm putting John Hightower in there. And the reason why is we're starting to see Arcega-Whiteside slip into the same uh, pattern that we've always seen. Does well in practices, makes these tough catches, and then when it comes to game time, he doesn't perform. I mean, he had an egregious drop, I thought, in, in that game, and I just that that sh- that was a ball that should have been caught, especially with his frame and the ability he has to catch the ball. He should have had that by far. So, Hightower, at least with Hightower, you know you, what you're getting. You got the speed, and you hope you can teach him some of those other routes. But when it comes to, I, I just don't see it with Arcega Whiteside. I give him the Hightower the slight edge over Arcega Whiteside. Who are you taking? Yeah, you and I are kind of in lockstep here. I think what what is notable for Travis Fulgham, while he did only play with the depth team in the second half, he was he was tied for the lead in special team snaps uh, with thirteen uh, last night. That typically speaks to where they view him. That you don't normally waste special team snaps on guys who are in trouble, and so I think. He's going to be fine. I just think he'll be a depth guy. I think you'll have Greg Ward or Quez Watkins start in the slot with Rager and and um, Devontae Smith on the outside like we saw last night. Uh, and then, look, I think Ward makes it by default unless they trade for a veteran, which is clearly possible based on what we've seen here uh, with and- rumors of Andre Dillard potentially being on, on the trade uh, block, uh, you know. Um, so we'll see with that. And then, um, look, Hightower is a guy who I didn't think had a really good camp, uh, before he got injured. I'm still not sold on him on special teams. Again, I think they should bring in a veteran. Um, but yeah, right now I have him over, over our single white side for the first time all off season. So yeah, kind of brutal for our single white side, but the scholarship's over, um, He's going to really have to st- – this is a massive week for J.J. Arcega-Whiteside and John Hightower. Those two guys are competing for that sixth spot. I do think they'll kick, keep six wide receivers. Uh, so I'm intrigued by what could happen there. Um, now, I, I want to talk about Patrick Johnson as we're about to wrap up because, to me, he was a guy that I didn't think had a shot at this roster. And the way they're using Sam, it's kind of like – they have 10 defensive line positions and then one extra spot for a guy who uh, probably shouldn't be on the roster, but has a weird hybrid body and they want to use, utilize him in some sort of way. So it's Jannard Avery, Joe Osman and, uh, and Patrick Johnson. I think Patrick Johnson's really shined when the lights have come on. Um, he also had 13 uh, special team snaps like Travis Fulgham. So I think he's a guy that could earn a roster spot over, fellow draft picks like Teron Jackson, like uh, Mr. T, who has absolutely been a ghost this summer. Um, Very disappointing. Uh, So, you know, let's, let's, 
go into this and kind of figure out where, what's your temperature on the late round picks? I mean, we know, we know Kenny Gainwell is going to be here. We know Zach McPherson is going to be here, but like of those four other late round picks, the three sixth round picks and the one seventh round pick, who do you think sticks around or do any of them stick around? I definitely think Johnson sticks around. I have him on my, I have him on the 53 man roster. I think he stays on there at least for the first three weeks. Cause in my opinion, I'm letting, I'm not going to rush Davion Taylor back and I'm going to see if I can sneak him on an injury reserve and just let him sit out for three weeks to make sure he's truly, truly right. Well, that means, yeah, but that means that he has to be on the 53, the initial 53. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what's going to happen. So I think he's going to be all right on that. I look at, uh, Stevens. I was, he's, you haven't seen that much of him on the because he's been hurt so much. You haven't seen that much of him on the field, so I really don't know. I think he'll be enough to sneak onto the practice squad. So I don't think he makes the, the initial roster. Jackson is. I think there's just too much depth at the defensive end position. I mean, we're, we're, the problem is going to be who do you take out of there? And uh, you look at the defensive ends they have. It's just like, I mean, you're looking. You're going in potentially as like. Ryan Kerrigan as like your fifth and quote unquote, I'm not calling him worse, but like your lowest quote unquote defensive end or Derek Barnett, one of those guys, A185, 5A, 5B, whatever you want to call him. That's just, there's no way he's not beating them out. And Tui Paluto, I saw him, it was on a, one of the, I forgot who running back was for the Patriots, ran 12 yard play. He set himself up to be hit with a trap slash wham block, whatever you want to call, went up the field, didn't sit into his gap right, and he just got, washed out and he hasn't really played well enough and it's, it's disappointing to see because I really want I really thought he would fit the scheme well he thought he fit the scheme well so I, I just yeah, I'm I watching, think he may have a couple yeah sorry to cut you off I'm watching right now and he's getting like tossed around yeah um, I'm in the third quarter right now uh, what I do want to say is now that we bring him up uh, Raekwon Williams your guy Yep. Uh, made a significant hustle play in the fourth quarter. Um, it looked like he was going to tackle Stevenson in open space, like in the tackle box. There was a wide open tackle box, and he literally leaped and and uh, knocked the ball out. So I was I was very impressed by him. So uh, that's a guy to watch. We're going to head to joint practices. We'll be up in Florham Park uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Practices with the Jets are on Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, Chris and I will have full coverage on Eagles Extra and NJ.com on Twitter. Make sure you follow us uh, and, you know, sign up for Eagles Extra, NJ.com slash text. You'll get exclusive uh, insight into the practices as well as uh, we'll do some Q&As probably while we're up there. And then make sure to subscribe to the No Huddle Show podcast, wherever you get podcasts, and give us some five-star reviews. Thank you very much. Uh, For Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you soon.